everyone, and welcome to another episode of Shred's Takes. I'm your host, Michael Shredder, and glad to have you guys back on with us. What, what a week it's been in the sports world, and more specifically, how about the uh, the take on the G League, about how a lot of players now are deciding to go to the, or, or considering thinking about going to the G League over going to college. As people probably watched on First Take or ESPN, Jalen Green, the number one play, number one rising freshman in the country decided to forego college and go to the G league and get paid $500,000 and be able to play in a program there for his path to be able to go to the NBA after that. We've seen other players such as RJ Hampton, LaMelo ball and others go overseas to get you know the chance to play in the NBA instead of going to college. This G League option is interesting because I think it's going to take away a lot from the joy of college basketball and the talent that goes into college basketball. More specifically, I don't think the top players are going to – there's not going to be as many top players going into big-time programs as there once has been. The G League option is going to get a lot of players the chance to go play for money right away because the NCAA does not pay players to play. And a lot of people think they should because that's really their job if you play at a Division I school. Even at Division II, Division III schools where you might get more wiggle room outside of basketball, you still are committed to that sport most of your time. And it's very time-consuming. A lot of players, especially, are going to look at the G League or overseas as a great option for them to get prepared for their dream in the NBA, especially if they're a top prospect. Do I like it? No, not really. Because I think that college basketball is a really fun sport to watch, and I think it's really good for a lot of players to play under the tutelage of great coaches and you know that kind of thing. And it'll also... What's going to happen, too, is that a lot of players who want to go play at programs that will get them to the NBA are going to choose players, um, programs such as Kentucky and Duke over going to maybe a school like Alabama because they want to get a direct path to the NBA. Even if they don't score as many points or whatever, they're going to be playing for Kentucky. They have a better shot of going to the NBA. So that's really what's going to come down to. It's more top recruits are going to go to those top schools and not try to do their own path like Trey Young has done, like Colin Sexton has done, like guys like Greg Brown has done. He's another recruit that just is going to be a rising freshman next year at Texas. But the big problem is, is that the G League is open now. So the issue is a lot of top prospects are just going right to the G League and being able to say, okay, you know, I'm going to play in the G League for a year, go to the draft, and that's kind of it. I think that's very interesting, obviously, because I think that Adam Silver is understanding that there are players who looked at the high school rule and really want that back because it gives a lot of people who can't, who don't want to say go to college and do all these academics for a year that they don't have to do. And then be able to go right into the pros. It gives them an option to be playing against professional level guys right away, getting paid, getting that experience. So then when they get drafted, they're able to 
wiggle the way around the quote-unquote college draft process. Let's say they go to college. Coach doesn't like them. Doesn't like the way they're performing. You know, doesn't fit their system. That can be a little different. You know, you think Cam Reg may have a different NBA career if he went to the G League? I think he would have. You know, because he was a third option at Duke, and that guy was a top four player in the country when he when he graduated high school. I mean, you tell me. I think that's just really interesting overall. Another breaking news I found was that Andy Dalton is going to the Cowboys, which I think is a really interesting move overall. Andy Dalton, just, you know, was starting for the Bengals for the past at least ten years around that time. You know, um, it's really interesting because I'm not so sure why they did that. More so, the reasoning behind, you know, how that's going to help a guy like Dak Prescott feel more comfortable in Dallas. That's putting more pressure on him, I think, to succeed, in my opinion. Now, if you were to say Dak Prescott's a better quarterback than Andy Dalton, uh, there's no dispute there. He is. Andy Dalton's kind of fell off the radar a little bit the last couple of years after having three really good seasons to start. But putting a guy who's been successful behind a guy who's has had great stats and has made the playoffs plenty of times but hasn't really made it that far is really making him probably feel a little bit of pressure that he has to prove himself more so than he initially felt. You know, he probably felt after the contract that he got that it was going to be his team and he was able to, going to be able to do what he wants. You know, and he deserves to get paid big money because he's a, he, even though I'm a Giants fan and don't like the Cowboys, he's a very good quarterback. He just doesn't win all the time when it matters most. And now having a guy getting all behind him, that's putting a lot of pressure on him to be successful and do what he has to do in order to get this team to be a Super Bowl-level team. Every year they claim they're a Super Bowl-level team, but they don't haven't proven it to anyone. Let's be honest. As a Giants fan, I love seeing them lose. Even though the Eagles got to the playoffs, who obviously I I like I wouldn't mind seeing them in the playoffs either, but I think the most important problem that Dallas is going to have to face now is, is this team more about Jerry's success or is it about Dak's success and making Dak become the next Tony Romo, Troy Aikman, kind of quarterback like that, next great quarterback? Or is it putting pressure on Dak and making him feel the heat so Jerry Jones can show that he is in charge and he has all the influence and everything like that, which I think people still believe. You know, Jerry Jones is the is the most famous sports owner, you know, that we know. And I think that's because of the fact that he puts himself in the public eye and also has to assert his influence all the time on people. And I think overall that's that's a problem that Dallas is gonna to have to face time and time again because, you know, I don't think he trusts Dak Prescott enough. You know, Mike McCarthy's a good hire, but, you know, how good of a hire, I don't know. You have to see. 
if they're consistently as good as they were under Jason Garrett, it's not really that that impressive. You know, so the, f- the future of the Dallas Cowboys, in my opinion, is going to be really interesting to watch. And what exactly they do this season with this whole turmoil, I don't know. You know, they're trying to bring some stability, but they always seem to be in the in the public headlines for not always the right reasons. You know, you're giving guys like Stephen A. Smith, myself, Max Kellerman, a lot of cowboy haters a reason to celebrate when you have all these chaotic situations that are occurring within your roster. And I think that's just going to be an interesting play out in the situation. Another thing I saw definitely that struck my mind was the fact that Mitchell Trubisky is getting declined a fifth year option, which makes sense. I, I don't care how good he looks next year. Mitchell Trubisky should not be the future quarterback for the Chicago Bears. Should not be. He's a very athletic quarterback who's done maybe some nice things, but his accuracy is really suspect. And look, you know, he's had, we had one good year, and then, you know, the. The team didn't do too great last year because it was mostly his fault. He did not produce when he had to. He's very careless with the football. And he's coming off a shoulder injury. So that's obviously going to affect the way they look at him. Even though the people are saying, oh, he's looking great. And, you know, he's going to be doing great things. No, he's not. The Bears defense carried him through a lot of games last year. And they finished 7-9 and nine last year. So the Bears need to – the Bears are – the Chicago Bears have been a historic franchise – that needs to win. And in order for that to be accomplished, they need a quarterback that's going to get that job done. Cam Newton? Cam Newton's a better option than Mitchell Trubisky. That's all I'm saying. I think the Chicago Bears are in a little bit of an issue there too because if you're looking at the NFC North right now, you got the Vikings who are still – same team from last year, very good. Detroit Lions still have some talented pieces. Matthew Stafford's got a lot of talent. They're still very good, or could be very good. Green Bay Packers, NFC Championship game last year. You know, despite the turmoil that's going on with them, with them drafting a quarterback, which I didn't really understand that I spoke last week about. If Aaron Rodgers plays at least somewhat better than he did last year. That team is still going to be really, really good and dynamic and tough to beat. Because Aaron Rodgers is still very good. He's not what he once was, but he's still very good. So you're telling me the Bears with Mitch Trubisky are going to beat those teams? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't trust Mitchell Trubisky for a second. It's not because I don't think he's a guy who's got doesn't have any talents. I just think for that team, his accuracy is not what it needs to be to win big games. And that's not – it could be coaching. It could be whoever's developing him. But, you know, he hasn't proven enough that he's a reliable quarterback to trust your franchise with. So that will be an interesting development there. I guess – one other thing I, I saw, too, regarding the NFL, um, 
It's the fact that, you know, there's these, all these different kinds of, you know, changes within the draft and that kind of stuff. And, you know, is Aaron Rodgers going to be traded? And, um, you know, what's going to happen? So I guess one thing I'm going to talk about is the fact that Jason Stitham is the guy that Belichick wants to develop into being that Tom Brady. The guy was late, picked late in the draft. Similar kind of story, I guess, in a, in a way. I just don't see that working out. I think it's it, what it is is it's Belichick's way of showing that he is the greatest co- coach, but he needs to stick it to everyone's face that like, oh, you know, Tom Brady's not here. I'm going to prove to everyone that Stitham is going to be the next best thing. It's a great way to think, but are you really trusting him to get you the playoffs now? You know, this could be the year that you guys are not going to win the AFC East. I mean, I don't see him winning it if Stidham's the quarterback. It's not enough experience. He could blow me out of the water. And I'm, you know, I hope he does. I hope he does have a good career. I mean, I I'm, I always root for guys who have a chance to do something special. I always have a chance. I always root for those guys. I just don't know if he's got you has that capabilities. I don't know. Belichick's a great coach, but. You know, losing Tom Brady hurts, obviously, for their team. You know, Tom Brady is going to be 43 this year. But is that going to be a problem, the fact that they're putting a young guy in there? Yeah, I think so. Because I don't know what Stidham brings to the table that a guy like Cam Newton can't. Why don't you go for a guy like Cam Newton? I, I don't know. I don't know what their thought process is. I don't know what exactly they're, they're, they're shooting for. However, I do believe that they could be moving in the right direction if Stim has a great year this year. That's a big if, though. So, I don't know. You know, I think the, the interesting things that occur within this, <laughs> I just think that, you know, what's going to happen it's going to be a little different because I think that, you know, we don't know exactly what is going to happen with the Patriots. I think everyone is expecting the Cowboys to be phenomenal next year too. And, you know, the Bears, they think the Bears have a chance because the Bears have a great defense and everything like that and whatever. But see, I, I just don't see it. I, I, I don't personally. And, you know, I, I, those predictions of the Patriots going six and 10 next year, I see maybe seven and nine. Um, you know, I, I, I think that's just, uh, you know, the thing that people should take into account. I think that, you know, you have a lot of quarterbacks next year. Who need to prove themselves, and I think that Stidham's one of those guys. But let's be real, honest. I don't see them actually coming out of this, and you know, 
I think it's just that. But it's funny. A lot of people have the predictions of the Rams making it over the 49ers next year. The 49ers are going to make the playoffs too. And I think without Todd Gurley, I don't see the Rams being that fantastic next year. And that's just kind of the way I look at it. But, you know, definitely interesting to watch how this is all going to happen. But um, I think the Titans are still going to be really good next year. I think that Chiefs are going to still be really good next year. I think that, you know, I, I think it's just going to be interesting overall. I think also some people <laughs> believe that the Browns are going to be great next year. Again, I don't see it. I don't. I just don't think Baker Mayfield's that good. So, you know, the fact that you guys, a lot of people are thinking, oh, they're going to make the playoffs, oh, they're going to be good. No, no, they're not. They're, they're not that good. It's just, it's just folly. Do I think the Colts will be really good next year? Yeah. I think Phillip Rivers is going to be, make them into a serious threat in the AFC, for sure. You know, I think that's just something I looked at and was really interested in overall. Was the fact that I think Philip Rivers will make that team phenomenal next year if he plays at the level that we are accustomed to seeing him play. Will they be a team that will win the playoffs? Nah. But will he do a lot of things? Sure. Sure. Why not? So, you know. I think it's just going to be interesting how the season develops, but I also think it's going to be interesting how everything progresses overall. So, you know, that's kind of the way I look at it. But I guess the the last thing I'm going to wrap up with um, is obviously everyone's looking at when is the season going to come back for for the NBA. So much talk about it. You know, you have comments like LeBron James says nobody wants the season to end now, and no one's expecting that. You know, and that kind of and, and that whole debacle is interesting for sure. And um, I think it's gonna be interesting to see how it plays out for sure. And um, more importantly, I think it's you know. I think it's going to come down to all these rules or like how, when is social distancing going to get lifted? When are sports going to occur? Everyone's like being impatient about it, but it's all going to come down to when is this actually going to end? Right. When are we going to be able to play basketball? You know, you might have to play with no fans, but it's not going to, it's not going to happen in the summertime. I don't think the way this is progressing. I don't think at all. I think that's just folly to think that's going to occur. If playoffs occur, do I think the Lakers win the NBA championship? I don't know. I don't know how, how that happened. I don't know how everyone would come back after quarantine and be ready to go. You know, who's been working the hardest over quarantine? Who knows? It's very hard to do a lot of things when you're just confined to your house or your neighborhood. It's not, not, not a, you can't go out to outdoor basketball courts. A lot of these kids have money to probably have a hoop in their house and weight rooms, but you know it's not easy. It's not easy at all, and um, I think it's just gonna you know be something that's very interesting for 
how the NBA happens in the future and whatever. But I think most importantly, what people need to understand is that there needs to be a sense of patience with this. Hopefully the season comes back. Hopefully they're ready to continue it. But I'm not sure it's going to occur as soon as people want it to. That's what I'm saying. I think it's going to take a little bit longer to do. And I do believe that there has to be a sense of patience with this. You know, and I think that's just, you know, what's going to have to be done in order for people to be satisfied. You know? Also, another note, the Jordan Docs episodes uh, 5 and 6 are coming out tonight. Obviously, I know a lot of fans are very excited for that. The last two episodes were crazy good. Dennis Rodman going on his mini vacation. How many coaches would allow that to happen? You know, the, the Pistons rivalry and how Jordan still hates him to this day and everything like that. I think people are putting that blowing that way too out of proportion. Oh my gosh, you know, there's a hatred there and everything like that and whatever. Like, of course they're going to hate each other. You know, they didn't like each other then. You know, it's just they're not going to be friends now. I mean, it's, it's very hard that that rivalry for them to be friends. It doesn't have to. That's not that big of a deal to me. I completely get it. You know, it's just it's just Jordan. Jordan's like one of the more Jordan's one of the more competitive athletes to ever step foot on the earth. I mean, that's just kind of who he is and his team kind of modeled that same mindset in a sense and that's why they were able to you know be successful you know and i think the last thing i'm gonna wrap up with is i saw something on first take the question that was asked i thought was really interesting and i wanted to get my take on was who had an easier path to becoming great lebron or jordan and again i i think these debates are stupid to be honest LeBron is the best player of this generation. Jordan is the best player of his generation. Jordan's the best player of all time. That's, I think, how it should be said. LeBron is on the Mount Rushmore basketball. He's in my top four all time. Unreal player. Unreal. The great, the easier path to greatness in terms of the finals, it's Jordan. I mean, sorry, it's LeBron. LeBron had the easier path. Jordan is greater. But LeBron had the easier path. Yes, LeBron went through a lot of stuff in the finals, but going through the East? Are you kidding me? East was a joke when he was a, when he was with the, the Heat and the uh, the Cavs. Especially with the Cavs. I mean, he had, like swept teams in the Eastern Conference Finals. Toronto was like number one seed in 2018. He swept them. The East was tough when Jordan was there. Cleveland, Detroit, Boston, Philadelphia, the Knicks, Indiana Pacers. With LeBron, it was really the Celtics. Yeah, you can say the Pistons in 2007, too. Pistons were really tough. Yeah. I'm talking about when he was in Miami, it was the Pacers for like two years, and they beat him in, five, and beat him in six games and seven games. So decent. But LeBron... There wasn't really a challenge for him in the East. If he played to his best, they were going to win the series. The finals, LeBron had to go through some challenges for sure. That's those Spurs teams and those Warrior teams are, were pretty phenomenal. And everyone kind of downgrades the teams that Jordan beat compared to LeBron because they're like, oh my God, he carried himself against those kind of teams. 
Let's be honest. I think Jordan would have done more in some of those other series than LeBron. But Jordan would never have had the collapse that LeBron did against Dallas. And LeBron's great. I mean, it's nothing taken away from LeBron James. He's, you know, I think he gets a lot of hate that's unnecessary, but easier path to greatness, LeBron James. Because the East is so weak. Now, his 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 finals may be at, on par with how hard Jordans were, but because let's be honest, everyone like downgrades the team that Jordan went against. That first Lakers team, I completely get that. Seattle, 64 wins. That Phoenix team, definitely more talented than his team. His team had Scottie Pippen and him. That team had Dan Marley, Tom Chambers, Kevin Johnson, Charles Barkley, and other dudes who actually were very, very good. The Bulls teams were Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, and a bunch of role players. LeBron's teams were Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. Jordan never had a team like that. You're telling me that that, you know, I understand that LeBron's journey was tough, and don't get me wrong. I mean, teams he went against were crazy good. But Jordan went against, like, Utah. Utah was unbelievable those years. Unbelievable. Had better players than Jordan. That Seattle team, that Portland team, that Portland team is loaded. That's all I'm going to say. I, you know, for people who always want to put the LeBron defense, you can maybe get the only way you give that defense, in my opinion, is with his overall stats saying he's a more complete player. Jordan is more clutch. And that's something in the way from LeBron James. LeBron James has been very clutch most of his career, except for the Dallas series and the game five against Boston. That's really all I put that down to. LeBron's usually a pretty clutch player. But Jordan's probably one of the more, or if the most clutch player you ever see in basketball. So I think that the, it's it's fun to have those debates, but you should just appreciate the guys for how great they are rather than saying who's better, who's that, you know, who had an easier path to this and that. Like, Because the answer is going to most likely be Jordan just based on the facts and based on what they did in clutch moments. Are, is it taking away from LeBron not being one of the greatest players of all time? No. And the fact that like I'm like I'm saying he's worse than Jordan, like everyone's gonna take it as an insult. But who are LeBron fans? But I, I, it's the truth. LeBron James is not better than Jordan. He is an unbelievable player, top four all time. So that's that. I guess that's where I'm gonna wrap it up today. But please stay tuned for another episode next Sunday. And we really appreciate you being on and. Look forward to talking to you guys soon. Thank you for listening.